can only know what you know for your age because there's going to be something you're going to experience in the following year that you don't know today. So you're never super smart, you know, and you're never not able to learn. So for me, I still get excited every year. because I'm like, what am I going to learn new that I didn't already know to add to my toolbox of knowledge that's going to help me move to the next level? Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert-led, like an audiobook, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.f. YI. Use code Gavin to get 20% off. Hey, Gavin here and welcome back to another episode of the Business Mastermind Podcast. Uh, today, I'm speaking to Brandon Lark. Brandon is an entrepreneur who's well-versed in the business development and the social branding space. You know, he had eight years in the United States Marine Corps. He said 12 years uh, owning a marketing agency, five years in corporate America, um, studied a business administration at the University of Maryland, so business strategist, and he helps entrepreneurs, institutions, and corporations understand the importance of branding. Now, the important thing that we're going to talk about today specifically is how Brandon has gone out and helped hundreds the small businesses reach $10,000 a month um, income during a global pandemic. So Brandon, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Hi, Gavin. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a real privilege. So before we dive into how you've helped uh, these small businesses achieve those revenues of $10,000 a month um, over, over the last year or so, tell us your story, your background. Let's Let's go back to the moments in the, the, your life that have shaped you into the person you are today? Oh, wow. Um, so I didn't know this at the time, but some friends and families um, brought it to my attention after falling into my career path that as a teenager, I would walk into businesses and I would dissect their business. I would look at the the layout and I'd be like, oh, if they did this like this, so many more people would be able to come in. They could make so much more money if they marketed like this. And I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time, but that was what I was doing. Um, And then coming out of high school, I joined the United States Marine Corps. Um, I spent eight years in the Marine Corps, um, got stationed in Japan where service is a big thing and business is a big thing. So watching the way they did business while I was in college on the military base kind of forged that this is something that I'm really enjoying and that I wanted to do. And so then I took a few corporate America jobs to get the lay of the land. The money was good. And then I butted heads with a boss where we had a heated debate about what was going to be right or wrong in the business. And the words that he said to me was, if you want to make the decisions, you must start your own company because this one is mine. 
And that sat down with me, it resonated with me. And I said, you are right. That is what I want. I want to be able to make the decisions. I want to be able to call the shots and not have to necessarily answer to anyone else. And so that was the, the spark that said, oh yeah, that's what you're supposed to be doing. I had not thought of it. I just thought I would be in corporate America and I would you know, add my knowledge and experience to someone else's business. But that was what jump started. Hey, you have to have your own. And so that's kind of what fast forwarded me to this place. I made some really good friends along the way who said, oh, I'll give you a chance. Or um, I advised them on some things that worked out for them. And then it was like, hey, you should start charging for this. You're really good. And so then it just kind of snowballed into what it is today. <laughs> so where did you get your passion for branding? You know, um, I don't, I can't pinpoint it. Um, I cannot pinpoint it. I, I love it. Um, it excites me still to this day. Um, so I know it is my passion, but I can't put a finger and I've tried in multiple occasions of what it is about businesses or strategy that really gets me going. And I haven't been able to pinpoint the exact point in my life that has made me want to do it. I think it has a little bit to do with playing chess with my father, the strategy part of the things, um, because as good as I got, he would always see so many steps ahead of me. And so I think that was the strategy part. And the business part is something that just fascinates me because I look at money as a measuring tool. And so businesses are measured by, are they making money? And so I think I just married the two together and that's just become my love and my passion wholeheartedly. So you obviously had uh, an inquiring, almost engineering type brain that enabled you to dissect what was going on in a business, what was working and what wasn't working. Was there any other kind of military influence in that that helped shape the way that you think? I think my the analytical part um, of the numbers um, that really gets me going, because if you track the numbers, you can always get back to what the problem is. Um, and so the numbers, again, how I said money is the measuring tool, the numbers is not necessarily the money, it's the numbers behind the money. And so analyzing the numbers is what helps me create the best strategy. You know, as the numbers fluctuate, you can see what's working and what's trending and human emotion changes, but your numbers are going to show you that, hey, people are gravitating to this, people are not gravitating to this because people don't always tell you what they're feeling in open and honesty, but the numbers will let you know what they're really gravitating to. You had a pretty unique exposure in early sort of education being in two um, very distinct cultures, you know, one being the US Marines and the, and, and the second being in Japan. Um, what if you could take two or three key lessons from a business perspective that you took from both of those cultures, what would they be? Um, for both cultures, the number one thing would be integrity. Um, something that set down in me, something that my parents had already talked to us deeply about. Um, so seeing the integrity and um, knowing yourself and always seeking self-improvement. Um, was one of the big leadership traits that always sat down with me. So I'm always self-evaluating um, and looking, how can I get better? How can I grow? Um, I have this thing because I'm a Leo where I think I know everything. And it's just basically for me, I know it in my brain. It just hasn't been unlocked. So I'm always looking for ways to unlock this new knowledge 
skill set that I may have that I don't know I have. Um, you probably answered my next question. I was going to say a lot of people that are always asking and questioning how can they get better can sometimes slip down the slave palm. Am I good enough? No, I'm not good enough and start to question themselves rather than focus on the positive opportunity of learning experience and growth how and, and maybe it's your just innate character that has pointed you towards that knowing that there was more inside you to unlock but how have you stopped yourself kind of going down that rabbit uh the hole of questioning your worthiness imposter syndrome am i good enough I, you know what um i have to attribute that to my parents my parents always told us we were good enough and that if we worked hard enough and we applied ourselves, we could accomplish anything. So I really don't have imposter syndrome. Um, I'm normally the guy that if I think I can do it, I'm going to figure out a way to do it. Um, I get excited about getting older because my parents also, my dad specifically, and he used to say to us, no matter how old you get, you can only know what you know for your age, because there's going to be something you're going to experience in the following year that you don't know today. So you're never super smart, you know, and you're never not able to learn. So for me, I still get excited every year. because I'm like, what am I going to learn new that I didn't already know to add to my toolbox of knowledge that's going to help me move to the next level? you know, or sustain me at this level. It's just sometimes it's okay to just sustain, you know, everyone's always trying to go to the next level, but sometimes you just have to sustain and float along the river, kind of how we are here in the pandemic, you know, if you can just sustain during the pandemic, then you can get to the other side afterwards, you know, so sometimes it's not necessarily about the growth aspect. Sometimes it's about just being able to sustain what you have. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert led, like an audio book, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters, G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi. Use code GAVIN to get 20% off. So um, we, there's something your father's advice about. There's always something the next year that you will learn and grow from. Well, the last 12 months is something that everybody's learned and grown from. So yes. Let's just use that as a as a nice segue in the conversation to to talk about. You've obviously been successful in helping businesses not only sustain through a pandemic, but also to achieve at least ten thousand a month in revenues to be able to apply disruptive strategies. Um, talk us through, talk the listeners through your process, how you help clients do that. Well, the first thing that I, I try to do with every client is I want to sit down and we want to build a solid foundation. Um, if you don't have a foundation that is rooted, you're going to crumble. And so I always try to take businesses, whether they're new or already established, and then let's address the foundation of your business. Let's look at this. Do we have a clear vision? Do we know what the essence of the brand is? Where are you positioning yourself in the market? Do you honestly know who is out in the landscape as a competitor, indirect and indirect? Does everything add up together? Does it make sense? Are you creating unnecessary confusion because you're trying to do a lot of nothing? 
you know, um, and what I find is so many people haven't taken the time to lay their foundation. They've seen someone else in the market and so they're trying to emulate it or they found a problem in the market and they're so gung-ho about trying to fix the problem that they didn't lay their solid foundation. And so that's really the key um, element that I've used is helping people understand that there's some fundamental things about running a business and understanding what your position in your business is and then growing from there. So everyone wants to have the uber successful business, but have you really paid attention to your foundation? Um, and what I found is a lot of marketers always talk about, I can help you grow your six to a six figure business. And the thing I used to always ask my clients were, cause they would come to me and say, yeah, I want you to help me grow a six figure business. And I would always ask them, well, do you have a five figure business consistently? You know, I think there's a, the, there's a missed point of you start a business and it goes to six figures that we need to stop giving that false sense that that's what's going to happen. And sometimes having a, $70,000 a year is just as good for certain businesses, you know, along the growth pattern. So that was my focus. Um, and so with the pandemic, I had already mentally said before the pandemic that in 2020, I wanted to help more small businesses. And then the pandemic just really, as I saw companies, you know, basically for lack of a better term, um, similar to the Titanic, just being in the ocean, trying to reach for something to stay afloat. It was like, okay, I have a formula that will work. I know it will work. I'm going to give it to you. I'm not going to charge you for it. I'm going to give it to you. And so that's what I started doing. You know, I just started. So what I'd love you to do is to talk us through a case. So let's take one or two of your clients who came to you, hey, help me grow a six-figure business. And then you've taken them back to the point of the foundation and then you've applied your strategies. So yeah, if you could walk us through a case study like that, I think it'll be really help people get their heads around what you're talking about. Okay, so one of my clients, um, the first thing, um, I'll just take you through actually the strategy. Um, I won't use the client specifically. But the first thing we do is we identify what are their mission. We get really clear on what is the big goal here. Okay, Once we find out what the goal is, then we can get the vision of how we're going to accomplish said mission, right? So the example I give um, when I'm teaching this is my mission is to end world hunger. And my vision is to feed a thousand people in my local community over the next 12 months, right? So the mission is almost larger than life for most companies, but the vision is something that's measurable and tangible that you can set a path to see how you're going to get and then once you get that, then I need to know the values. What values do your company stand on? What are, what are the values that you're going to move towards to help instill these pieces in your business? And, and why, why are the values in the context of this and the context of marketing, why are the values, why is it important that they're clear? The reason that they're, they're important to be clear is when it's time to actually create marketing content, you know the foundation or the pillars that your content is going to be surrounded around, right? So right now you see so many people who are posting on social media, hoping it gets engagement, hoping people like it. But if you build a solid foundation on what your values of your company is going to be, all your content will fall in line. And so from there, then we need to identify 
who the competition really is, the tangible and the intangible, the direct and the indirect competition. And what I, the, the exercise I give all my clients is, if your product costs $100, first and foremost, you need to understand that if I only have $100, everyone who sells an item that is under $100 is actually your competition, because I only have $100 to spend. And so if you can get real clear on that, then you can look in your actual niche to, to, to decipher who in your niche is your direct competition, but you're also aware of all the other people in the market who are similar or who have complementary products. I'm sure that many people that come to you are not clear on their niche. They're not clear on their niche. So how do you help them get clear on that? Most people aren't. Um, most people say, everyone can use my product. And so I always tell them, okay, yes, everyone can use your product and that's fine, but who are you going to market your product to? And so it's what I either get is it's too broad or it's too narrow. And so some people I always say, if it's too narrow, I say, okay, what are your ultimate goals in your business? You have to broaden out a little bit more. There's only X amount of people in that niche. Even if you got them all, could you reach your goal for your business? And so that's kind of the mental that I kind of take them through of just understanding how niches really work, because I think it's a word that we use in marketing all the time and people don't really understand it. Right. So you have to really meet people where they are. You know, um, I think as marketers, sometimes and it, I do it. I don't mean think because I know I do it. I take for granted that I know all this terminology and I have all this knowledge. And so I have to be self-aware to say, OK, let me break this down so you can understand. it, Right. And I think that is also something that has helped me with my small businesses because I speak in their language 90% of the time. I don't try to overcomplicate it. I don't try to sound like I know all these great terminologies with them. I just really want them to know that I understand the journey and help them understand where they are. They don't have you, to go learn. You've got them clear on the big mission. You know, that might be other language that someone like uh, Jim Collins goes to create calls your beehive, your big, hairy, audacious goal. That's something 20 years or more out in, in the fulfilling of, you know, that's the big mission. Then you've got the vision, the vision of what you're going to achieve in the next 12 months, two years, three years. Then the values of the business, what's really important, what the, does the business stand for? What does it stand against? Uh, because the importance of that, that becomes the pillars of how, around which the content is built out. Right. Then there's a focus on the, the niche, the niche about where you're going to drill down, who it is that you're going to serve, where next? And then you need to know what your brand attributes are. What words describe your brand? What describes your actual brand, right? So then you have that, and that's going to send you off to the races. Once you know the words that describe your brand, when it comes time to do content marketing, ad copy, ads, all of that stuff, if they don't fall into those brand attributes, that's not content you should be putting out. And how do you help people, you know, find the brand attributes? You might say, what words describe your brand? And they might say, I don't know. So how, how you know, we do. And, and so we, if it's a physical product, I, I we, let's look at the product. What do you feel when you see the product? What do you feel when you use the product? What sense of awareness are you getting? from your product and or service. You know, I say product services are products to me as well. So what does it do for you as a consumer? So that is a big role of stepping away from, I'm the owner of the company 
what is it going to do for you if you were the consumer? And that's how you identify those attributes. You know, um, I take a lot of my clients back to um, the iPhone. Um, I'm, a, I'm an avid iPhone user. Um, I'm a bit of an Apple first... geek fan. I'm a bit of an Apple oh. fanboy. Okay, so am I. So am I. So I take them back to that first commercial that Apple released with the Apple iPhone. Um, I don't know if you remember, but it was during the Oscars, right? And they had all these people from old actors showing the old rotary phones and the, the old phones that we had. And they were just saying something as simple as, hello, hello, how are you doing? Howdy guys, you know, on the phone. And then it ended with hello and a picture of the new iPhone. It was very simple, but it got the message across. And that has been their branded attribute throughout all. If you look at their billboards now, it's very simple. It's normally just a picture of an iPhone or pictures that were taken with the iPhone. So that's kind of one of those things that I show them. And I show them some other brands and how, how they kind of stay online with their brand attributes, you know, and things of that nature. Um, and from there, that's when we build out the business, right? And then we start talking about daily operations. What are we going to do in our daily operations? What are some of the mundane tasks that you're doing over and over and over that you can streamline? You know, um, some of it is where can you release control? Because that's a big part is knowing when it's time to hire out, when you're wasting entirely too much time on something that you should honestly be outsourcing. And so because you're physically doing it, you can't go do the other things that's going to make you more money in your business. So then it's some of those things that you go through with someone and you start to test, you know, so that's your foundation, but then you start to test. And when you're testing, you're paying attention, very close attention, three-day periods, seven-day periods. Let's see what's working continuously, quickly. You don't want to test for 90 days. You don't have that kind of time. You need to be watching your numbers daily, sitting down and saying, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what's working. This is showing progress. Let's double down on that. Let's try that again. Let's move this over here. So you have to be really engulfed in your business, but you have to have a clear foundation and a plan of execution in order to actually grow a business and sustain it. Because if you go too long, you went too long without making money. Or if you had a little bit of success, you get excited and you think every day is going to be like that, but you don't know what you did on that day that was super successful. Could have been something as simple as the sun was out that day. And so everyone came into the business. And now what do you do when it's raining? You, so just being hyper aware of day-to-day -day operations and what you're actually doing and what is moving the needle in your business. So with the brand attributes and the clarity around the values, what helped you give them in the creation of the content? Because a lot of people could say, I get this, but how does that translate into the I coming up with the ideas for content? Okay, so that, that goes back to your niche of who you're serving. What's their lifestyle like? What do they do on an everyday basis? And how does your product fit into that life? Show them themselves using whatever it is you are selling or offering. If, I, if you're trying to sell me an iPhone and showing me that as an entrepreneur, I can work from my phone, show me that. 
that's going to get me excited because I'm like, that's my life. I need this in my life. That's going to make my life 10 times easier to deal with and function and move throughout my day. So you have to engulf their lifestyle. And that is why you can't market to everyone. You have to niche down so that it's relatable to someone. Great. I love that. So do you help them come pull together a content plan? We, we do. We do content plans and content marketing. Um, I, I'm an advocate for content marketing first and foremost because it's organic. Um, I know a lot of marketers are all about the paid advertisements, but I'm really about the content because the content is how your audience is going to build a rapport with you and feel like they know you and build that connection. And that is honestly what builds loyalty. Yes, you can drop a whole bunch of money into ads and scale, but you want loyalty. Customers that are going to be with you through it all, through the trenches. And so how do you get that content shared? Oh, sorry. I mean, seen. How do you get the content seen? Um, so we, we live in a digital world, social media, you know, so you have to find once you identify your lifestyle, you can identify which social platforms your audience is frequenting the most. Right. But if we, if we just, just probe that, because that's why I asked the question. So let's take Facebook. Organic reach is really poor on Facebook at the moment. So um, what, how, how do you, you said that you're, you're, you prefer content, but do you still use ads to, to, to get the content seen or do you direct people towards specific interest related groups to post the content? Um, so ad reach for a lot of people is horrible. I think if you nurture your community, your ad reach is not, your your content reach is not horrible organic. Customer but, but, is, but the key is that, is that setting up groups? I'm just, I'm just trying to zone in on, on, on that part of the strategy. Group, so you can... Groups work and groups are a big thing that really can get you your engagement with your group, but it's your community in general. So as you're building your, your, your social, you have your website, you're getting them to your email list and you're talking to your audience. You're nurturing. So you can nurture in your email list. You can nurture in Facebook groups. It's about nurturing. You can nurture going live and talking to your audience. You have to nurture them. No matter where you segment them at, you have to nurture them and let them know what's, what's going on, what you need them to do. I need you to turn on your post notifications so when you see my post or when I post something, it comes through to your feed because Facebook isn't allowing this. And everyone knows Facebook isn't allowing organic reach just from your personal use. And we all are using personal Facebooks, even if you don't have a business. So your customers are going to understand what you're going against because they're seeing the same 10 people post all the time and they know they follow 500 people on their Facebook page. So they understand it, but companies aren't telling them what's going on. And so if you're transparent with your audience, they'll stand behind you. You know, so if if I see one of my clients and we're going to post some content or we're dropping a new product, we'll come on live and I'll have my client go live and say, hey, we're dropping a new product on Friday. When I when I post it, I need everyone to turn their post notifications on and I need you to share it. Share it for me. Let's get the word out. And because you've nurtured them and they feel connected to the brand and they've come along on the journey. Your shares are going to go through the roof. So your organic reach is through the roof. There are ways to combat the algorithms that we just aren't using. Sometimes it's as simple as opening your mouth and asking for help. 
I, I love that. I love the call to action there about asking your audience to turn on your post notifications. Uh, to be honest, that's that, that's that's something I hadn't heard of. I don't know why I haven't because it's obvious now. You you see on new platforms people talking about turn on the post notifications, but I I hadn't realised that. Uh, that actually I haven't seen that call to action often enough on Facebook. And that's a, that's a really good little hack that. So you get any content out there, your tribe, your community, you're nurturing are responding to it. So how, what are the things that you're doing to help your clients translate that into not only revenue into sales, but consistent, predictable sales? So, you know, you, you go through automation, you're doing reviews, you're talking to your customers, you're checking in understanding what's working, what are their pain points, how is it working? And, and then you're, you're setting them up on a sales cycle. So if you're selling XYZ, you know that X sale bar of soap, how long will this bar of soap last in, in their shower if they're showering twice a day? Okay, it's gonna last 90 days. Every 90 days, you need to be sending out email content to them, letting them know, hey, we have this in stock now. Hey, it's time for a re-up. Whatever the case may be for your product, you have to continue to nurture your existing customer base and then putting that those automations into place so that you can take the time to go out and find new customers and start to nurture new customers and systems into place. Then you just rinse and repeat. Great. I love that. I love that. Where and that process from mission through to the sales cycle and repeating that, where do most of your customers struggle? Foundation, first oh, and really? foremost. Yeah, really? the foundation is overlooked. Um, most people start a business and want to hit the ground running and they want to immediately start making money, and that's just not the case. Great, uh, I love this. It's been uh, a lot of you know, you you think. I say on many occasions, actually, that I think there's real genius in simplicity and you brain works to simplify the complex. And you've articulated that very, 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 very clearly, very simply, but brought it alive through examples, which I love. Um, What's really hits me hard, Brandon, is that there's a deep compassion within you to help. You care. You really care about the people you work with and you strike me as a deep thinker so that you go into a business and you really take the time and the energy to, to identify the core of the of the issue, the thing that's holding them back. And, you know, I, I applaud you for that because um, you're obviously serving your clients very, very well. Um, before I ask you to share how people can get in touch with you and, 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 and uh, reach out to you, is there anything in the Japanese culture, a saying, an approach, a way of thinking in times of adversity that fuels them that will be relevant for business owners now? Mm. I, I would tell them to read The Art of War. Oh, really? And that's the Chinese. Sun Tzu. Yes. Um, but um, that, that would be number one. And then in terms of the Japanese culture, it's quality. They take quality so seriously there. Um, and I okay. think that's something that I've adapted to. I, I take the quality of my work very serious. Great. I love that. Yeah, the, uh, that's, that's fantastic. Um, and why the art of war? It, it makes you think. It makes you think in ways that 
other books that I've read haven't made me think, don't make me think. Um, I, I go back to some lessons I learned in there quite often. Um, yeah, it's about thinking. Um, I, I don't think we as humans think enough. We do a lot. Hear, we don't hear. stop to think. Yeah, I think if there was one word to encapsulate your message, and it's it's think. And I've said it often on this podcast that what are the differences that make the difference in real high class businesses? And I've been in a number of rooms on Clubhouse recently, and and I've been asked the question: What do you see really successful entrepreneurs do differently, or successful in and any endeavor? And I'll say think. And yeah, you've you just brought that to life brilliantly. Brandon, thank you so much for your time today. So if anybody wants to find out, hey, they like the idea of $10,000 a month for their small business in a global, pande- de- global pandemic, uh, how can they reach out to you? Um, so you can reach me through my website, which is branding by Brandon. Brandon is spelled B-R-A-N-D-E-N. And then on Facebook, Instagram, branding by Brandon is the at handle and you can always find me in the clubhouse now my handle there is marketing 101 right i'm going to follow you marketing 101 in clubhouse i'm at gavin preston in actual fact we should uh, we should put a room on brandon and we should continue this conversation uh, in clubhouse and i'm really at the beginning of sort of experimenting how actually we can fuse the two mediums of podcasting and clubhouse together in order to create a more engaging debate so why don't we why don't we put a room on around marketing absolutely i'm all, i'm already following you so absolutely i'm always down to host rooms and to join rooms and to listen in rooms i'm gaining so much knowledge i'm able to add so much value to more people so i'm thoroughly loving clubhouse we did a room last night um are you a clubhouse addict um clubhouse anonymous and I'm addicted. <laughs> I love it. Um, and I think they they are rolling out some things for podcasting as well that will be oh, are they? really cool. Oh yes, yeah. They're they're working on a, a, a when they, um, I did one of the townhouses. I do all the townhouses if I can. Um, but they're working on making a feature where you can record your podcast right there on the app. You people basically can sit in and listen live to the podcast, or you can have awesome. them join in for a Q and A. They're working on that. Because already I, I I saw a friend of mine, a fellow podcaster, record a live um, uh, live podcast last night yesterday in, in Clubhouse, and he needed an extra bit of tech to be able to get the audio feed out of his phone to be able to record that. But if they're creating that functionality with high enough quality within Clubhouse, that would be phenomenal. Anyway, we're geeking out. You know, we could geek geeking out <laughs> yes. Clubhouse because we're so enthusiastic about it. But Brandon, we'll check each other out there. For any of you listening uh, who are um, who are already on Clubhouse, make sure you follow Brandon on at Marketing 101. Follow me on at Gavin Preston on Clubhouse and you, who knows, you'll be able to catch us uh, hosting some rooms together. You're a star, you're a gentleman. Thank you so much for your service, both not only for your country, but also for the small, medium, SMB, SME businesses that really do need help through the, during the global pandemic. So thank you. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success, and create more impact.